Turn that off. <laughs> Turn that off. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, welcome to Different Perspectives with Leanne and Mason Halitza. We're here to discuss our differing viewpoints through the lens of energy work. Today, we're going to be discussing failure and avoidance and how living in the past can ensnare us in negative mindset. Um, for those who you don't know me, I'm Leanne Halitza. I have a background in business before I found my true path and transitioned into energy work as a full-time job. I'm currently the owner of the Healing Studio in Broomfield, Colorado, where I work as a healer, teacher of, the, of all of the subtle energy stuff. Um, you can find more about me on insightfulinspirations.com. Mason, my son who is joining us, has a unique opportunity to be raised in a subtle energy awareness household where there more than meets the eye is not only validated but encouraged to explore. He's currently a student journalist at CSU and you can find his current work on the Rocky Mountain Collegiate. Hi Mason. Hello. Everyone. <laughs> Hi, everyone. If you are listening to us live, hello. You're welcome to put comments in. We'll get to them if we can. Um, if you are listening to us later, also sending comments is great. Um, we will answer as many as we can. You can find us on um, Apple Podcasts if you want to subscribe for our past uh, episodes and things like that. Or you, can, or you can just listen to us live when we try to come on most weeks. Uh, so <laughs> today, we are talking about fear of failure and fear of exposure to failure and, you know, kind of avoiding life because failing is hard, right? <laughs> so I guess I want to kind of first throw it out there. Like what's our definition of failure? I think that's based on the person. I think that everybody tells themselves when they failed because they set the bar for themselves too. And I think that if the bar was set for them by someone, then they'll have to come to terms with that. Tell me more what you think that means. I think that a lot of people try and live up to their parents' expectations. Okay. I think I see that a lot. And I think I probably do too. And I think. Um, I think sometimes it can be to try and just follow exactly the path of your parents. So following the path of the parents or following the expectations of the parents? Because sometimes that could be a totally different thing. Yeah, you're right. But I think that uh, expectations sometimes go hand in hand with that. So what's bad about parents having expectations? And you I think that all, par all parents will have expectations, but... Um, I think that whether how seriously the kid takes it is what matters. Well, so talking about subtle energy here, do you feel like it keeps them from their authentic truth when they're trying to live up to someone's expectations? Or what do you think it does to somebody's energy to live, try to live up to parental expectations? Well, I do think that it kind of takes away from the truth path. And I think that it forces them into a mindset of this is what successful looks like. Hmm. So you think it defines success before you've even had a chance to define it for yourself? Yeah. So perhaps it could be a failure 
to try and follow the definition of the success of success that is laid before you by society or your parents. Yeah, yeah that could be true too. I mean, so avoiding your parents' expectations, I don't know, or avoiding disappointing somebody. It might be something to consider. It's just going to happen through life. And so yeah. you can't avoid it. Like there's going to be choices that you make that other people don't approve of. Don't you think? Right. And I think that um, a lot of times that's what drives people into like this negative mindset because I think that they have these preconceived expectations from their parents that they might project onto themselves. And then it could lead into um, if they do make their own decisions, then they could be resentful or regretful. Okay. So manifesting wise, is it best to avoid failure and always be successful or what? What's your thought? I think that's risk avoiding too. Right. Which means avoid failure, you avoid all risks. Which, how does that translate into the manifestation fields? Um, I think it can push you into a place where you think, um, I just have to do everything I can not to fail. And it prevents you from reaching your boundaries okay. and expanding where you're comfortable. So you, you're saying it blocks your manifestation. Yeah, I think so. So being able to push your yourself into a place where you maybe possibly can fail is being able to test your boundaries and perhaps manifest more than you ever could if you didn't test those boundaries. Yeah, I think having a plan laid out might make it easier to fulfill, like, I don't know, the least risky pathway to, like, to feel successful. But I don't still don't think that that's, like, a true path. Well, the best laid plans are always meant to, <laughs> I mean, you know, life never goes as you plan. But, I mean, having an idea of, you know, at least the, the Candyland route. <laughs> what I kind of think of it like like you're going around you know and maybe you'll get on that you know gumdrop slide or whatever it is that'll help you shortcut to a better place or maybe it'll drop you down to a place where you didn't expect so everything can't be avoided but maybe having a plan helps you at least understand where you're going yeah so you've been known to avoid failure Sounds like you are telling me you're wise enough to know better. <laughs> yeah, I would say. So that talk about that sometimes. Later. Well, I think knowing something and avoiding it in reality is two completely different things. But um, I think that avoiding failure is a big part of, or rejection even. I think rejection is a smaller version of failure. And I think that people avoid it on a daily basis. Rejection from other people, that, but that's not a yeah. failure. I mean, you know, if I if I try to launch a business, let's say, and it doesn't go, I could consider that a failure, or I could also I could consider that information that says, well, that business was clearly not something I was skilled at or meant to do. But if I fail to complete a turn when I'm crossing traffic 
that kind of failure can be consequences for everybody involved around me. Um, so I guess, I, I guess that's some of it too, right? Collateral damage. Um, you know, who am I going to hurt and who should I consider um, when I'm taking risks or not taking risks? Right. And I think that um, attachments do keep people from uh, doing exactly what they might want. And I think there's a trade-off there. Yeah. What do you mean? Um, I think the trade-off is uh, how much failure and how much you're willing to lose to get to the place that you want to be. And I, I mean, I would say my personal experience is that if it's truly aligned with who you are and then it's worth a lot to risk, um, but maybe not worth, you know, maybe if there's people involved like a spouse or a family member that would be adversely impacted if, and you were maybe using their resources as well to take your risk that they should be considered and be able to make a choice as well about their decision on risk making, taking or whatever. Right. And I think that's the downside is that having those attachments might be a positive for just overall life and living, but it might just keep you from exactly what they want. Mm, interesting. So you think people who are not attached manifest more for themselves for what they want because they don't have to consider other people? Yeah, I do think so. But I think that it's not the same because uh, like it's cutting those relationships and making them less of a priority. Do you think you really truly can do that? I think there are people that can, but I don't think that just anyone can. So do you think, at, especially energy wise, so you're talking about attachments that it's easier to manifest. Well, I mean, like, let's talk about you right now. You don't have a lot of attachments. I mean, you're attached to your car and your friends and your girlfriend, but it, like, it's possible that all of those things will go away at some point in your life and you'll, there'll be something different there. I mean, I know that you have some friends that you're like, that, friends for life, man, friends for life. <laughs> And that's possible, right? That's possible. But, um, but like your car, you're not going to have it when you're a hundred, <laughs> you know, um, you're where, whatever you're attached to right now, a lot of it is temporary. Whereas like for me, I've got a healing studio and I've got kids and I've got a husband and I have a house. Um, and those things are a little more like, I can't just detach myself from my kids and say, I want to manifest something that, that they're in the way of, or that doesn't make sense for them. But for me personally, I want to do it. So maybe what kind of you're alluding to is when you're young, it's easier to manifest because you're not as attached. Yeah, I would definitely say that's true. And I think that it's a little bit misguided a lot of the time. Well, say, say more about that. What's misguided. I think that impulses override, um, aspirations and i think that um what you want right now is short term like i think what a lot of people my age right now want is short term mm -hmm. and i think that um they manifest that they create that short-term reality mm -hmm. well i mean it's interesting too i mean to think about long-term short-term this i mean this world is so 
odd compared to like when I went to college. I mean, the gig economy and all that stuff. Um, I mean, you have some friends who legit dropped out of, out of uh, college to be gamers, right? And they were, you said they were making pretty good money doing that. Yeah. How does that happen to be, how does that work as a long-term thing? Because wouldn't you all be at risk at always getting overthrown by the younger, more innovative kids that can come in and spend all day gaming? Well, yeah. And I think that that's why they need groundwork for people to want to be able to do that. So what, like, what's the long-term plan for a gamer? Um, I would say to use the lots of money that you get from doing that and get an education. So education still in the mix. I think so. I think having a degree in preparedness for this, like for the inevitable crash of your, like, uh, because all of them will have like viewers for a year. They'll be making a lot of money, a lot of money. And then after like a year or two, they'll drop off making a lot of money. Mm, okay. <laughs> Speaking of viewers and listeners, I just want to say hi to the ones that are out there for us. Thanks for joining us and, and uh, welcome you guys to suggest any topics or ask any questions or make any comments as you're out there. Um, so, okay. So we've talked about though in past on our podcast, like that college isn't for everybody and this, it's not education isn't necessarily all it's cracked up to be. So now you sound like you're kind of changing your tune a little bit or, well, I think, well, I think that uh, it's like having a backup plan because if you make uh, enough money to sustain yourself well for that year, then um, like one out of 10 people could turn that into a lot more money on the stock market and have passive income. But I think that a lot of people need that security blanket of mm -hmm. like having, like if somebody gets, comes into a lot of money, I think that they should use that to make a backup plan. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so how so you know how do you know if what you're starting out is going to eventually you said inevitably stop working you know like the viewers fall off or whatever how do you know which things are going to keep working I mean I personally you know went through I had a master's degree in business I was corporate climbing the ladder before I even was barely twenty um, I was you know working at bigger companies and we're going to school full time, but also, you know, going and working for corporations. And then it started to be a thing to just lay people off. And um, in particular, older people, because they can hire younger skills, right? The older people are more expensive or whatever. So it got to be kind of a trend in the corporate world. It wasn't that that promise that my mother would, you know, had had which pensions and, you know, you know, long term loyalty on both ends. Um, so for me, when it just started to be really obvious that, that that promise of the corporate world wasn't safe and secure like I thought it was, it was it started to be like, well, then what's the point? What do I want to take risk on instead of where do I want to play it safe? And so then I began being an energy healer, which, by the way, is super risky in a lot of ways because it's seen as kind of woo-woo for a lot of people. I mean, even when you were, you know, when you were in middle school, you came to me and said, my friend doesn't believe in what you do. And at the time that friend's father was, I believe, a maybe a detective or something like that. I mean, like, I'm going to say, I don't believe in what he does. I, I mean, you know, it's just kind of, um, it's just kind of a weird thing, you know? 
But do you think you would have taken that risk if um, you were on your own? Well, that would be a lot of people's arguments, right? Like, oh, you're so lucky because you have a husband that can help you take this risk. And I have no way of honestly answering that because it wasn't my reality. Um, and I probably probably wouldn't have taken that risk if I didn't have a severance check and a lot of business background and understanding about how to do stuff, right? Like I, I probably wouldn't have just leapt out of college and done it because I wouldn't have had the skill sets I needed um, in order to actually run a business or the foundation, you know? So in some ways the corporate thing was initially the right choice, safe wise, until it wasn't. So I don't know. I kind of feel like sometimes your generation, and you can tell me what you think about this, that you are risk adverse, but you're also like commitment adverse. Like you don't want to think of working at a desk job or doing something that you don't like until you figure out what you do like. Well, I think that's um, that we were given like vision early. We I think that we were given like uh, perspective on what it's like to do like one job for the whole, for your whole life. And I think that a lot of people feel like they'll get trapped mm. and um, everybody will just keep searching for the right thing because you can now, I think that social media has a big part of this. The fact that you can see what everybody else in the world is doing. You can see what their jobs are like. You can see what uh, their pay is like. And then you can go, oh, I want that. And then once you're there, you don't like it. You can go, no, I want that instead. Well, but what about the just kind of putting your skin in the game and like taking the risks, but also laying a foundation and being willing to, you know, pay the tuition of life. But, you know, I say sometimes the the most expensive lessons I've ever had were not money. It was, it was emotional expense or, you know, mental expense because of stress or struggle. Right. And but then I learned so much. So to me, that's like tuition on life, right? The mistakes that you make and the pain that you feel from those mistakes is just part of the energy exchange as you grow. Um, I guess, I don't know. I feel like I feel like your willingness to do things that are uncomfortable is not always there. Yeah. I and yet so. you're talking about that doing, taking risks and being uncomfortable is how you manifest. Yeah. So how do you reconcile that inside yourself and your own values? I think it's, um, I think it's based on like not wanting to lose your added up work. I think okay. people cling on to a, their past because of what they've already done. Yeah, I agree. That's like I, when I finally decided to cut, I mean, I was a certified product manager. Like I didn't keep that main, you know, that, credential up when I let go of a lot of things and I, that I could have, you know, I basically untethered myself from my corporate world in order to be an energy killer. And that was pretty scary because I was giving up a lot of investment. I mean, my education, my time in the corporate world, all that. So I get that, but I'm trying to put it back on you personally. How do you reconcile inside your head? I know taking risks is good for manifesting yet. I'm avoiding taking risks and doing things that are uncomfortable. I think it's an absentee mindset, and I think that overcoming it is coming into the present and being more present with every action. How does that look for you personally? Just uh, when I think about something I have to do, if I were to go, okay, here's the butterfly effect. Here's what how this would help me. 
then I'm a lot more likely to do it than if I go, um, this is how it's going to fail, this is how I'm not going to do well on it, this is how it's hard. If I think about the difficulties of a task, then I'm way less likely to do it. So your advice is? To try and uh, think about the like easier aspects of it, because I think I always focus on the, wh why it's hard. And I make it seem a lot harder in my mind than it actually is. So your your again, I'm going to say your advice is to people like you, to your to kids in your space, or to moms and dads who are parenting people in your space. Just taking small risks to start is a good. Just being able to, um, I don't know, identify the risks you want to take. Is a big is a big point of difficulty that I struggle with. So your dad might kind of disagree on this angle, really. I mean, I feel like baby bird, you are twenty. Get out of the nest and take the risk. Mm -hmm. Out, go. <laughs> and your husband is like, no, no, he's a baby bird, and we have to keep holding out that he has to be held until he can fly. But you're never going to learn to fly if you don't ever have to use your wings. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's a little bit of both. It works. And I think that um, it's just hard to get for anybody to get on their feet in the first place if they don't have that backing or that um, back to the beginning, like that set of expectations in their head for what means successful. Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm thinking of that book, Are You My Mother? Do you remember that book? The little bird falls out of the nest and he proceeds to go all around asking, are you my mother? From all these various places until he asks basically a bulldozer if it's his mother and the bulldozer lifts him up and puts him into the, back into his nest. And then his real mother came. <laughs> um, I guess, I guess it, that, so, so if you get thrown to the wolves too soon, maybe you don't know where your safety nets are. But if you don't get, if you constantly have your safety nets on and you don't know what it feels like to fail and succeed and your own sense of resiliency, because failing and succeeding and recovering, I mean, failing and recovering and is where you learn you're resilient and that's where you learn to take more risks because you go, oh, I've failed before and been okay. So I can actually try this and I possibly might fail again, but I know I'm okay. And so the more you, if you make little failures, not catastrophe failures, right, then maybe you can learn to be resilient. But I really feel like that there's a problem with your age range's resilience. And I just kind of wonder what your thoughts are on that. Do you disagree? Do you agree? And why? I think it's an understanding of uh, what's in store other than work and what, what could potentially everyone have if they didn't have to work all the time and they had a lot more free time. And I do think that it's based on a fear of losing free time yeah. because once someone has free time, I think that they don't want to lose it. And I think it, um, it comes out in a lot of different ways for people, but my generation just has too good an understanding of how to be lazy. How to be lazy. But that's not the same as not being resilient. I feel like, your generation, I mean, even like, you know, we have a Facebook page for your college, right? And every once in a while, I mean, it's not, I don't watch it that much, but there's like a parent ranting about a bad professor. 
And you want as a parent to like go and help your kid. And, you know, I know your father gets this way a lot, especially like with jobs that are unjust and things like that, but where you want to go say something, but really it's, it's not the parent's place anymore. It's time for the parent to step back, but so that the kid can learn to do it for themselves. Don't you agree? Or, yeah. Or do you want me marching into your professor's offices? <laughs> Be nice to my kid. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I think that um, everybody experiences it differently. I think that actually here in the U.S. we have a completely different perspective of families than they do anywhere else. Because I think that um, it always turns around in most countries, right? Because once the kid reaches a certain age, they start taking care of their parents. That's going to happen in our house. <laughs> no, you didn't get that memo? <laughs> well, I think that that's... I think that that's why we transitioned was what we were talking about earlier what? was because of this, um, because it's easier to manifest when you don't have to worry about um, like anchors. Like I would say that in a lot of countries, that's an anchor is your family because you don't get to leave. You have to stay and support. Yeah. Okay. But I, sometimes like, I mean, sometimes like, think about we're a country of immigration, right? then that's a huge risk. And sometimes they're taking a risk to come here to, in order to support their family. So they're leaving and going into the unknown to, to help support their families. Um, so, I mean, you know, sometimes those other countries, they're bigger risk takers than we are. Uh, I mean, we're kind of been founded, the country's been founded on risk taking in some way because of, you know, off, off into the west and god knows what will hit what will hit right the grand canyon how do we get around that you know so you know there definitely is like you know the pioneers and things like that of which your grandparents on your father's side were pioneers to colorado um so i mean it's and actually if i remember right you you have relatives on the mayflower too which obviously is like total risk taking right and totally like forging into new land for for the possibility of things to be better. So I guess I think it's a fine line between like having, like I feel like you can take more risks because you have parents who are over here helping you recover from your mistakes. But if your mistakes were like, you had no choice but to make it work, I think you would make it work and you would not fail as often at the stuff that you've kind of like not taken seriously. Yeah, I think that's true. I so, think that the safety nets hold people back a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, so also it's a fine line, right? Like, do I take your safety net away from you and see what happens? Or do does that safety net help you make bigger strides and bigger, bigger advances if I hold you in a certain place? What do you think? I think it's a little both, like you were saying. But I think that I think that the kid who's given the safety net has to respect the safety net and know that it's there and and honor it and treat it well so that it doesn't get removed and in in order to use it in a way to be able to take risks in another way, don't you think? Yeah. Because it's really not a risk to use the safety net abusively. <laughs> like it's really not your risk to not pay your rent, right? Mom and dad are on the lease. It's their risk. They're the ones with good credit. That's why they're on the lease. Yeah. 
What are you thinking? I think that's true. That's well, what are you thinking about as far as like what is what's going through your head? I think that I don't know if I would make it work if the safety net were removed. I think I could, but I think it would still prevent me from taking risks. I do. Okay, so speak more to that. Because once you get comfortable in, or even uncomfortable in sustaining where you're at, I think you're scared to lose sustaining where you're at. Okay, so sometimes you can get paralyzed by fear rather than actually manifesting. So again, we're back to fear of failure. And you're just going to get super hyper-focused on not failing instead of hyper-focused on succeeding. Yeah. So how do you shift your focus? That's what I kind of been trying to say this whole time. How do you shift your focus from fear to focusing on success and empowerment? I think it's finding small successes. What would be a small success in your mind? Um, having a little bit of extra money at the end of the month that you didn't expect. Um, that you getting weren't. a slight. Yeah. That uh, or getting a slightly. Um, getting a break on certain expenses. Like, I think that some of the stimulus checks have been a good example of that, but not enough. Good examples? So, like, you think... Of, of helping people get out of, like, that fear of failure mindset. And because I think that a lot of people are on downtrend. Hmm. And uh, just a little boost of money sometimes. I know you say that money can't buy happiness, but... If you're not living comfortably, then I think money can buy a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we should make that our topic next next week is money and just the relationship with money and the energetics of that and the way you think about okay. it, the way I think about it. So just for the record, the way I think about failure is that it's worth putting yourself out there. I, you know, I love that tagline, fear the failure feel the fear and do it anyway. That's a book. Um, but you know, it's now we are all afraid of the unknown. We're all afraid to step out, but I think it's important for us to step out. So, all right, you're distracted. We're not done yet. <laughs> what are you doing? Just writing it down. Oh, you're writing down what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Good call. So we remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, thanks for hanging with us. And we, if you're listening to this later and you really like it, do share it with anybody who you think might help. Um, keep us motivated to keep doing this um, by you know, sharing it out and, and giving us comments so that we know you want to hear more. All right, bye.